Have you been thinking about wanting to start your own podcast? When I was trying to get the Evan Witt show off the ground, trying to find where to go, I had a lot of questions and trying to figure it out. And Anchor was the place to go. Easy to start, easy to use, and it's free. And you can get your podcast heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other great places that people like to listen. The answer, again, is Anchor. And I love using Anchor as it's extremely easy and simple and free to use. If you want to join me with Anchor on your podcast, then go to anchor.fm slash start and join me and the diverse community of all the podcasters that Anchor has to offer. I enjoy and cannot wait to start hearing your first podcast. That's anchor.fm slash start. It is Monday, December 31st, and this is the next episode of the Evan Witt Podcast. Happy New Year's, everybody. Hope you all, 2019 is off to a great start for everybody. 2018 closed good for me. And 2019, I am pumped for 2019. I'm pumped for the Evan Witt podcast as well. And I am uh, have a lot to talk about here today with the Evan Witt podcast. Uh, a lot going on in the NFL. Coaching uh, changes, coaches fired. Uh, I think it's up to seven or eight now with job openings with a couple more potentially happening. Um, the Packers season comes to an end after an embarrassing performance against the Detroit Lions, and they've officially started their coaching search. And yesterday, I got the pleasure and the honor to speak with former WWE TNA WWF and ECW superstar Al Snow at the broad stop for the SSW uh, wrestling super show at the broad stop. And it was a great experience. And I want to thank friend of the show, Ryan Cross, for allowing me the opportunity to speak with Al a little bit. And it was a great show. Very, you know, it, when you talk about sold out crowd, it was legit sold out. They had standing room only in that place. And the crowd was pumped the entire show. The The card was great. The talent was good. It was a good show. And the big boys, um, they have a lot to, uh, I think they, I could say they have a lot to learn with what SSW does. And they put the focus on the stuff going on in the ring. That's what they put the focus on. And that's what others should do too. But enough about that. Later on in the show, wrestling fans, you're going to hear my conversation with Al Snow. About nine minute long interview. Um, great talking to him. Had uh, And him had a, a little bit of an argument during the interview. For those that don't know, Al Snow... Uh, has his uh, ring companion head. Um, it's a mannequin head that he uses. And uh, so, yeah. But I will be playing that a little later in the show. Um, before I go any further, the Evan Witt Show is brought to you by Coach Evan Fitness. Uh, Coach Evan, uh, I am working and looking to help you get healthy and lose weight. And if you are looking to get healthy in the new year, then let me help you. I've lost 145 pounds. Yes, I put about 40 of that back on, but I'm working on losing that 40 plus another 10. And if you want to join me, you're welcome to join me. All you got to do is shoot me an email. That is coachevan66 at 
www.coachevan.com. Again, that's coachevan66 at gmail.com. It hasn't been easy, and I want to help you. And, you know, this is the perfect time to do it. The gyms are going to get packed. Um, there'll be a lot of, you know, a lot of unsure people walking around the gyms, not quite sure what to do. This is where I want to help you. I will help you find a workout plan, workout program that works for you. And that is my goal. Not to sell you if you don't want to be sold to, just to help you find something that works for you. So again, that's Coach Evan. 66 at gmail.com. Shoot me an email and let's talk and let's uh, uh, get started and let's focus on making 2019 the best year we've had yet. And this will be the best year of the Evan Witt podcast. Uh, I'm going to be offering a lot more content moving forward. Um, you know, just because the Packers season is over doesn't mean I'm done. It just, I'm going to be gearing up for hopefully a great 2019 of the Evan Witt podcast. So with that said, again, the El Snow interview will be a little later in the show, but right now talking uh, NFL coaching openings and which opening is the most appealing. So, so far we've had the Arizona Cardinals. The Denver Broncos, the Cleveland Browns, the Green Bay Packers, the Miami Dolphins, Cincinnati Bengals, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the New York Jets. Those jobs are open with the potential of Pittsburgh opening up too. So I've been giving this a lot of thought. Which job is the most attractive? And had a bit of a conversation on Facebook a little bit with some people and I'm going to share those with those their thoughts with you really quick before I get into mine some of the pros and cons about each of the jobs so <clears throat> Dean Gotch said the Miami Dolphins is the best opening best place for football talent weather great food uh, great foot area Ed Kirshner, Cleveland Browns, have a lot of talent. Good young quarterback on rookie contract and cap space. Really good opinion uh, there. Uh, I would say that the Browns job is the most attractive. You have a Hall of Fame GM and what appears to be future Hall of Fame quarterback. Now, Aaron, a little quick on the Hall of Fame comment on both of them. But you are right when you... uh, I'll give you this. They, they, Cleveland has a great general manager, a great front office, and they have a good, they have a young quarterback as well. I'll give you that. And Scott Wagner, one uh, A Packers, one B Browns, and two whatever else is left. Uh, Twitter mostly Green Bay Packers uh, have the best job opening out of all eight uh, eight. P- positions you know being a Packer fan picking the Packers would be the easy choice because I'm a Packer fan it'll be expected okay but I look at these openings and they're not even my top two you know the, the issue with the Packers okay yes it looks great on paper you have Aaron Rodgers one of the one of the if not the best quarterback in the NFL you get to work with that talent. However, 
the bad side to the Packer job is you have Aaron Rodgers, an incredible talent. And no, I did not contradict myself. The, what I'm basically saying here is with, with Aaron Rodgers, the expectations to win immediately is sky high. You're going to be expected in year one to not only make the playoffs, but make a Super Bowl run. And that's very hard to do as a first-year coach. I don't know if there's ever been a coach in his first year coaching to win the Super Bowl. But those are going to be the expectations you have walking into Green Bay because of Aaron Rodgers. They're not expecting to win three years down the road. They're expecting to win now. And if you look at that Packer roster, there's a lot of moving around and changes that Brian Gutenkus needs to do to improve the talent and the depth of this Packer team. They got poor depth at middle linebacker. Or uh, Burks is a question mark. Morrison strictly a run defender. Blake Martinez gives the best effort that he can give. However, he's not he's he's good, but he's not great. Um, John Ryan is a free agent, and he's not anything special either. You have depth concerns with your edge rusher. Clay Matthews is a free agent. Nick Perry's never healthy. Reggie Gilbert did not have a good year at all. And Kyle Frackle, yes, he had 10.5 sacks, but very quiet 10.5 sacks. Your safety position is atrocious. Um, your offensive line depth is awful. You got some good pieces in Bakhtiari and in Corey Lindsley and Brian Bulaga when he's healthy. But Lane Taylor took a step back this year. And your right guard position is a shoulder shrug. Who knows? Brian Brian Bell, before injury, manned the position okay. And McCray had a pretty good year last year at, uh, when he had to fill in all over the place. But this year... Not not the, not so good. Uh, McCray, I don't know. Uh, and then your depth, uh, Jason Spriggs does not look good whatsoever. Um, who else do you have? Uh, Lucas Patrick is promising, but we don't know. And the offensive line position is atrocious. You need to look at and evaluate your tight end position. Jimmy Graham, quiet, 55 catches. I didn't even realize uh, Mercedes Lewis was even still on this team with how little he uh, played. And Lance Kendricks, lots of drops in Green Bay. Um, Randall Cobb is likely going to be gone. You have a lot to fix on this Packer team. You have expectations through the roof and a lot of areas of concern with the roster. So do you want that expectation? Do you want that challenge? And maybe you do. And if you do, more power to you. But that's just a lot to worry about. When I'm looking at destinations that are, I think, uh, very appealing, if I'm, at, uh, if I'm interviewing for head coaching jobs, I look at Cleveland. Cleveland's number one on that list. Um, you have... Uh, a quarterback, a Baker Mayfield, who uh, showed great promise working with uh, Freddie Kitchens after Hugh Jackson and 
Uh, Todd Haley got let go. Showed lots of promise. You have a nice young defense uh, growing by the uh, maturing and growing by the minute. You have a talented running back core. Uh, the only question marks you have is you have a couple on the offensive line and you need to, need to get better at wide receiver. Outside of that, Cleveland is a roster that's in prime position with a ton of money to uh, make big strides in a front office that wants to win. The one downside to Cleveland is the owner has been known to be impatient. So he may get uh, mad if the team's not progressing the way he feels they should be and might pull the plug on the front office. I don't know. The other one that I really would be interested in is the New York Jets. Sam Darnold is a special talent. Um, He had a really good second half of the year. He played extremely well against Green Bay. I like Sam Darnold. You already have a franchise quarterback in place, and now you and the GM just have to put together the roster. Um, They have some talent concerns, talent issues, but I think the Jets are closer than a lot of people think. That, That is... That is just my uh, my thought there. My Packers would be my third choice uh, as the most appealing job. And then it would be... Uh, oh, and the reason why Packers are the third choice, too, I didn't really get into it, is their, their front office structure worries me. Their front office structure is very worry, worrisome to me. Um, who are you answering to? Are you answering to Brian Gutenkust? Are you answering to Mark Murphy? Are you answering to Russ Ball? Who are you answering to? That's what I would like to know. Um, there's it, 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 The front office uh, worries me a little bit in Green Bay, as well as just the, the expectations to win immediately. Then I would say the Arizona Cardinals. Now they have and the reason why the Cardinals, they have a young quarterback, um, and Josh Rosen, who I think has potential. They have a great running back in David Johnson. Uh, they have Patrick Pat Peterson if you convince him to want to stay. And you have Chandler Jones, and you have the number one pick in the draft, and you have some depth p- uh, opportunities as well. So the Cardinals have a lot of appealing pieces to it. Now, jobs that I am petrified about is Denver. John Elway has not proven to be a good uh, talent evaluator. Now, yes, I get it. Uh, He won a Super Bowl, but he was able to get Peyton Manning, and he was able to get the defense – performing at an extremely high level. But since that Super Bowl team kind of faded, the he has not been able to restock. He's not been able to find another quarterback uh, after Peyton Manning. He's tried with Brock Osweiler. He's tried with Case Keenum. He's tried with Patrick Lynch. Nothing has worked. Nothing has worked with what the Broncos have tried to do a quarterback. And working in that front office, uh, with that front office in Denver would scare the living crap out of me. Um, Miami. Miami worries me because you don't really have a quarterback. You have uh, Ryan Tannehill, who's often injured, and you have Brock Eisweiler. 
you have aging veterans on defense. You have uh, who are tied in the contract. And Miami every year seems to spend a ton of money on free agents. And it never really seems to pan out because the front office signs the wrong people. Um, Cincinnati, Mike Brown. I guess your job security could be safe if you get on Mike Brown's good side. Because Marvin Lewis lasted 16 years in Cincinnati, and he never won a playoff game. That's 16 years. And it, it baffles me how, how he lasted that long. But that franchise is one big cluster you-know-what. Uh, Andy, You're tied into Andy Dalton. Um, A.J. Green's commonly hurt. Defensively, you've struggled. Uh, there's always seems to be uh, uh, character issues with Cincinnati. Just a lot to not want to look go into. And then Tampa Bay. You have a GM that might be on his way out. He somehow did not get fired. You have uncertainty at quarterback. You have Jameis Winston for likely one more year um, that his contract's up. You have Ryan Fitzpatrick, who every so often seems to have this amazing game or few, and everyone thinks he's uh, the second coming of Kurt Warner, and he quickly falls back down to earth. Um, you have a horrible defense, and you just have a lot of question marks, and you have a, a owner that's very quick to pull the trigger on firing coaches. There's no stability. Um I know the Packers typically don't fire or get rid of coaches very often, but expectations would be high. But that like that job, and then if Pittsburgh opens up, at least you have those two teams tend to be very loyal to their coaches. I'll give them that. But, you know, with that said, coming up next, for those that want it, listen, and I appreciate all you for listening to my show. But as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I had the opportunity to talk to WWF, WWE, ECW, TNA, and Impact, uh, former wrestler for all those promotions, Al Snow. Great mind of the business. I've been an Al Snow fan as long as I can remember. There's something about him that I love. And I had the opportunity, thanks to Ryan Cross of SSW at their super show last night at the Brat Stop to talk to El Snow. So give a listen to what El Snow had to say about how long he's been in the business, what got him in the business, his uh, plans for Ohio Valley Wrestling. He's now the owner of Ohio Valley Wrestling. And give uh, listen to him talk about how he came to find his uh, friend Head. So the interviews coming up and after the interview with El Snow we will talk Green Bay Packer potential coaching hires so sit back relax and I will get back at you soon what does everybody want
I'm here with former WWE, ECW, and TNA superstar Errol Snow um, here at the Brat Stop. L, of course, thanks for uh, taking a few minutes to speak with me and just want to ask you a few questions. First off being is how long have you been in the business and what kind of got you involved in wrestling? Uh, I've been a professional wrestler, actually in-ring performer for uh, 36 years. Uh, this May 22nd. Uh, if I have continuous matches, it'll be 37 years total that I've been an in-ring performer. I've also been a ring announcer or commentator. I've been a promoter. Uh, promoter again. I own OVW now. Been a trainer. Uh, trainer again. Um, I have, like I said, I own OVW. I have uh, the Al Snow Wrestling Academies. I have 17 around the world. Um, in the UK, Denmark, Hungary, Romania, Greece, Chile. Um, Portugal, France, Germany, um, Italy. Um, so continuing to expand that and uh, in association with uh, Ohio Valley Wrestling, um, which we all know the pedigree of that. Uh, I own Collar and Elbow now. Um, it's my own clothing line. Been doing that as well. It's going really, going fantastic. So been busy and yeah. uh, keeping at it. Yeah. So what kind of inspired you to get involved in wrestling? Uh, just as a fan, my love of it, uh, and, you know, uh, I was like 14 years old and I made a conscious decision that this was what I wanted to do. I just loved it so much and was so passionate about it that I pursued it until I was able to make my dream a reality. And you know, you've, uh, you've had a couple of stints with WWF slash E, uh, with TNA, with ECW. Um, can you, what kind of moments stand out during your experience in those, uh, promotions? Well, you know, people ask that question all the time, like what's, you know, favorite moment or favorite match or favorite opponent. And it's difficult to quantify that when each and every time, even like tonight here, um, you know, just getting an opportunity to go to the ring and get to do what I love to do um, is an amazing moment. Um, Sometimes those moments are more magical than others because they just, you know, when you're in there with the right person, with the right atmosphere, things just happen you know it just it, it it becomes electric and nothing makes you feel more alive than those situations but to be able to discernibly pick out just one or at a time it's it's really for me it's very difficult because i just feel so lucky to get to do it as long as i've gotten to do it so um kind of overhearing you a little bit uh not long ago talking to some uh people in the ring about workers and the importance of being a worker who are some of the people you've uh enjoyed uh working with like who stands out more than others uh again that's back to who's your favorite opponent you know i mean i've worked with so many people you know up and down the lines for you know over three decades going on four that you know it's tough to go well this guy or that guy and really what it comes down to is when you're working with them sometimes you get in there with the right guy and it's it's quite honestly it's what we call as a day off it's effortless. It's, you know, things you don't have to talk. Things just happen at the right time for the right reason. The crowd reacts just the way you want, <clears throat> as much as you want, when you want, <clears throat> to the direction you want. And, you know, it's we, we call it, it's like a day off, you know. Some matches you work with the wrong guy and it's like pulling teeth. And it's just as painful and, and just as miserable. Yeah. So just to our left, we have Head uh, over here. Um, big uh, 
component of you know your career um where did head come from uh head and i met in new britain connecticut um we caught eyes across the room and we both knew it was love at first sight um we've been together for a very long time sometimes you know we fight like most couples um you know they shut up um you know they'll bitch about having to be i said be quiet about being you know uh, when we travel you know they want to want me to buy a plane ticket for him and i'm not going to do it i told you because they can ride in the overhead bin i mean they act like they can't breathe and you can because if you couldn't breathe i couldn't hear you up there yelling <laughs> or they'll complain about the and that's bs like if they go through the tsa screening they think that the x-ray is going to give them cancer it won't because if it were then the tsa agents be wearing lead aprons so shut up so you know they're not in there that long and they can breathe in the bag so I'm not going to buy a ticket. Um, talked about buying Ohio Valley Wrestling and the pedigree that it's come with. Um, what is your, your plans with the Ohio Valley Wrestling? I know it used to be the uh, kind of the farm system for WWE and then TNA for a while. And yeah. So what is your uh, hopes with it? Uh, my hopes is, uh, and my goals and uh, are to build it back up to its prominence that it once was as being the place to uh, be trained, to learn how to actually work, and uh, you know, and to be a, a, an operational territory like I had had it when I was there as the head trainer uh, with WWE. We ran 186 live events uh, that one year right before they shut down and went to Florida. 134 of those were, uh, you know, house shows, and 52 of those were TV. And the only, you know, we actually ran more live events than WWE did that year. So um, I'm hoping I'm going to work towards bringing that back to that level once more so that, you know, uh, students that come there to train can learn the skills and get the experience that will allow them to take advantage of opportunities on a worldwide level with WWE and be more prepared and be more polished um, and allow existing performers to be able to come there and be able to make some semblance of a living and uh, and work on a regular basis. You know, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I just got one uh, final question. So I've watched uh, Tough Enough, and I still go back to watch it on the, uh, the network on occasion, and just seeing you interact with the students in the ring and then listening to you before, you quite a passion for young people wanting to get involved in the business. So it's kind of a two-part question. Is first... Um, what would be your advice to um, somebody wanting to get involved in the business, and what would be the best avenue for them to do that? Well, my advice for wanting to get involved in the business is don't. Um, <laughs> unless you really, truly are passionate. If I ask you why you want to get involved in this business and you can answer it, stop. Just get out. It should be something that you're driven to and that you absolutely feel that it's a necessity and a need that you want to do. Um, after 36 years, if you were to ask me why I ever did it in the first place or why I continue to, I would not be able to answer you. I don't know. I know that I was, it was a desire that was so deep and set in me that I was obsessed with it and that I couldn't, I couldn't see myself doing anything else. But, um, and you know, uh, and if, but if you're going to do it, um, the t- couple of pieces of advice I would always give people is one, invest time, money, and effort in yourself because you're asking the promoter and more importantly the audience to do that for you, to come watch you, to promote you. And if you don't give them something to promote or something to come in and be interested to come watch, you're never going to succeed. And two is to be honest with yourself. 
If you want something bad enough, you're going to find a way. If you don't, you're going to find excuses and you're going to find justifications why you can't or won't do what you need to do. Be willing to make that sacrifice and don't fool yourself. If you're not willing to and you want to treat this as a hobby or a pastime, don't get in it. Because the first part of professional is profession, which means it is to be treated as if it's a vocation, a job, not just some pastime or pursuit that you have as a hobby. Because unfortunately, what you do, your actions don't live in a bubble in this wrestling business. Um, Unfortunately, shit rolls uphill as much as it does down. And what you do affects how everyone else wants to try to do what they do to make a living and feed their family. And if you're not willing to contribute to that and make it more possible for everyone to achieve that goal, then don't get in it. Thank you so much for your time, uh, Al. Hope you have a great show tonight. And again, thank you for your time. Thank you. Welcome back to the Evan Witt Show that we just interviewed, just heard, was with former WWE, WWF, ECW, TNA, and Impact superstar, multiple-time hardcore champion, multiple-time tape champion, Al Snow. And I just want to say a big thank you once again to Al Snow and the Ryan Cross and all the people at SSW for allowing me the opportunity to spend a few minutes talking with Al Snow. I hope you enjoyed that interview. And uh, it was just a great experience. He was very fun to talk to and when I'm 50, in my mid-50s, I hope I look as good as El Snow does now. He is definitely, uh, uh, does not miss uh, not miss the gym ever. Um, he's in great shape, and he put on a really good match yesterday. Um, got great crowd involvement um, with Head, and uh, it was just a really fun match to watch. And But with that, moving on... Uh, Earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the current job openings and which ones I feel are the the best openings out there. And for those, uh, just to recap, I would rate the best ones right now, Cleveland number one, Jets number two, Packers number three, and Arizona number four. I would stay the hell away from Denver and Tampa Bay and Cincinnati. I don't know because... You 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 could have um you could have very long job security because Marvin Lewis lasted sixteen years and never won a playoff game. It's baffling with how long he lasted in in uh, in Cincinnati. I didn't think he was ever going to get fired, uh, but he technically did get fired. They're mutually agreeing to part ways which is when you get fired and they kind of want to say face. So, moving on. The Packers' job is officially open. The 2018 Packers season comes to an end with the Packers at 6-9-1. Lots of names being thrown around for potential Packer coaches, and lots of names already linked to Green Bay for uh, wanting to interview. So Joe Philbin will likely get a token interview. Thank him for his time in Green Bay. But I don't think the job will go to Joe Philbin, especially after the disaster from uh from yesterday. That's debacle. Um but some names that are being thrown around. We have New England Patriot linebacker coach and 
pretty much their defensive coordinator, even though he doesn't officially have the title, Brian Flores. Uh, he's been with the Patriots since 2004 as a scout or a coach. Uh, he replaced Matt Patricia calling the defensive plays, and the defense has done okay in 2018. Is he ready to be a head coach? I don't know. Josh McDaniels, New England Patriots offensive coordinator. Uh, he's had head coaching experience with the Denver Broncos in 2009 and 2010. Very... Uh, not so good a uh, couple years there. And then he had his debacle at uh, Indianapolis last year where he reneged on the the position in, in Indianapolis. He took the job and then he decided last minute, uh, last second really, that he didn't want it. So he that has that cloud over his head compared with the tenure that he just had at Cleveland. But you know what though? That sounds a lot like his boss. Not a great tenure in Cleveland. Um, <clears throat> a lot of ups and downs and consistency in Cleveland. He then accepted the New York Jets head coaching job after Bill Parcells retired. Then, <clears throat> rather than the introductionary press conference about the job, he resigns and then takes the job in New England. McDaniel. <sighs> Kind of the same thing. You know, he had a change of heart. It happens. Now, I'd be interested to see what Josh McDaniels can do. He has been the closest to that inner Belichick circle than any Belichick assistant has really ever had. Um, I think think he'll make a, a really strong head coach. He does really good with coaching staffs. The defensive coordinator in... In uh, Indianapolis right now was from his staff that he was hiring. Uh, they were pretty much able to keep him there. Um, uh, they kept him there when McDaniel said, "Eh, on second thought, I don't want it." Flores, and I, I, I'm unsure on as I don't know a lot about him, um, so I'm not going to comment too much on him at this point. Pat Fitzgerald, Northwestern head coach. Uh, this is a big no for me. Um, I'm I'm typically I, I'm typically fine with a college coach coming to the pros on certain circumstances. And one of those, if they have some enough prior NFL experience. Pete Carroll coached in the NFL before going to USC, before going back to the NFL, for an example. Uh, Jim Hardball played in the NFL. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure he probably coached a little bit in the NFL before coming to the NFL from Stanford. Pat Fitzgerald has no NFL experience as a player, as a coach. He's got none. I don't know how that translates to the NFL. Is he going to be able to walk into 1265 and be able to demand the respect the second he walks in the door? I don't know. It's not the same as coaching uh, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. He's coaching grown people. And one of those grown people he's going to be coaching is Aaron Rodgers. Is Aaron Rodgers going to respect him? And does he have the the ties to bring in top-notch assistants that could help him transition to the NFL. I don't know. 
I like Pat Fitzgerald. He's a great coach. He's done great things at Northwestern. Uh, I like him. But I don't know if he's ready for the NFL right now, and I don't want Green Bay to be the place to find out. They've already interviewed Jim Caldwell, uh, which is a big no for me. Nothing personal against the guy. I just, I'm not a fan. Uh, Detroit never could have go over that hump in Detroit. Um, I don't know. He uh, lucked into a Super Bowl appearance with the uh, with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, you know, he had Peyton Manning, and when Peyton Manning got hurt, the team was horrible. Then you have. Chuck Pagano, former Colts head coach, he's another note for me. Um, I'm just not a big Chuck Pagano guy. Now, he had a a GM that was, uh, how do I word his GM? His GM was incompetent. So that definitely didn't help Pagano. The roster was pretty much stripped bare a lot in Indy. And Pagano wasn't the, uh, the personnel guy. But he got shafted a lot by the personnel guy. So could he deserve another chance? I don't know. But I'm just not a huge Chuck Pagano guy. I think he'd be a really good defensive coordinator. But I just don't know how I feel about him being a a head coach right now. Especially in Green Bay. Dan Campbell, New Orleans Saints tight ends coach. He's got experience as the interim head coach in Miami. He did interview for the Colts job before they decided on Frank uh, Reich. Um, he would bring that same scheme, same system to uh, to uh, to Green Bay. And can he duplicate that system in Green Bay? I don't know. Then you have uh, other potential guys. Um, who they've uh, requested the interview. We got Matt LaFleur, LaFleur the Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator. Um, he's one that they're going to be interviewing. Uh, or they requested an interview, I mean. He comes from the Kyle Shanahan and the Matt, Matt uh, the Sean McVay uh, coaching tree. You also have uh, Pittsburgh Steeler offensive line coach, uh, Mike... Uh, Try to make sure I don't butcher his name too bad. Uh, Mike Munchak, who's been a head coach before, but I don't know how I feel about him coaching Green Bay. He's a tough, no-nonsense kind of guy, but is he going to be able to bring an offensive coordinator in here to challenge Aaron Rodgers? When, when I look at who the Packers have requested to interview so far or they've interviewed so far, the guy who I would want out of all those guys would be Josh McDaniels. I just look at what the offense in, in New England does with very little known wide receivers, with very you know, with an aging Gronkowski with thirty five running backs. The offense find ways to move. And I think that offense could do wonders in in Green Bay. That'd be my top choice. Um if I could pick a guy uh, who I would love in Green Bay, the two, two names that I would love for them to interview is Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs' first-year offensive coordinator, 
Um, he would be one. And the other one who nobody's talking about for any head coaching jobs right now is one of who I would want to interview is David Shaw. I love David Shaw. I love what he's done at Stanford. I love his pedigree. He's got NFL coaching experience. I think David Shaw would be a good choice to at least interview, especially over Pat Fitzgerald. Um, Zach Taylor's name from the Rams quarterback coach is being thrown around as a potential, um, which his wife is ex-Packers coach, Mike Sherman's daughter. Did not know that. Uh, Jim Harbaugh's name keeps being thrown around, and I don't want Harbaugh for the fact that he wears out his welcome rather quickly. And how is him and Rogers going to resonate? The 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 Hardball I would want is not available, and that's John Hardball. But some other names that have been thrown around potentially is John DeFilippo. I still have not given up on DeFilippo. I think he would be a good coach in Green Bay. Minnesota was not a good place for him. Kirk Cousins was not the type of quarterback that he needed to run his offense. Pete Carmichael, offensive coordinator for the New Orleans Saints. Um, and one guy that keeps getting thrown around, <sighs> Joe Lombardi, look, I get it, it would be a great story, Joe Lombardi, the grandson of former Green Bay Packer icon, Vince Lombardi, comes to Green Bay and brings him back to the Super Bowl, that would be, be a Hollywood movie story. But the NFL is not Hollywood. And Lombardi isn't high on a lot of people's list as a potential head coach. He had a very bad experience in Detroit as their offensive coordinator. You know, and yes, you can argue we had Matt Stafford as his quarterback. Well, that's the same Matt Stafford that... That... Uh, drawn a blank, uh, Jim Caldwell had some pretty good seasons with. Just saying. Um, he's had some pretty good seasons. He had a couple good seasons with them. So, but with that, um, I want to get your thoughts. Who would you like to be the Packers' new head coach? Follow me on Twitter at EvanWitSports and let me know. And with that said, Thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed the El Snow interview. I hope you enjoyed the, uh, you know, the discussion on the potential, the I shouldn't say the potential anymore, the job openings and which ones I think would be the top. So with that said, I'll get back at you later in the week to talk and preview first round of the NFL playoffs. With that said, talk to you all later. Hope you have a great and safe New Year's.